Katie Books Productions presents Lenny Gray, an audio drama written, produced, and narrated by Earl Sewell. Previously on Lenny Gray. Young white fella in town took pity on me after I told him I got seven starving children at home counting on me to bring back some food. Oh, that was the Lord working a miracle, Curly. Lenny Gray looked upward. Uh, no, it wasn't, Lenny. That man didn't give this shit to me for free like I had hoped. He told me to come by his place because he got some work for me to do in order to pay him back for his kindness. Hell, Lenny, I'm worried. I hope the man don't try to turn me into his personal slave. That shit didn't happen to me twice in my life already. He won't. What kind of work does he want you to do? It don't matter what kind of work it is, Lenny. I just needs to get the shit done and get back in one piece, Curly said as he pressed his back against one of the walls and slid down to the floor. It don't matter. I just want a little rest right now. I'm so tired, Lenny, he said and closed his eyes. It was Christmas, but to Lenny Gray and her family, it was just another day in the week. There were no gifts exchanged, but there was food for Lenny Gray and Curly. Going another day without hunger pains was the best gift they could afford to give. Tom and Ida had come over along with Mary, Elmo, and their children, Dorothy and Reville, who were a year apart. Tom had gotten frail. His eyes were set deep in their sockets, and the back-breaking labor of field work had taken its toll on his body. Ida stopped working in the fields because she found a job as a cook for an elderly white couple. This year, for the first time, the couple found a soft spot in their hearts after Ida told them her grandchildren were starving. They gave Ida three turkeys for the family. Ida gave a turkey to Lenny Gray, gave one to Mary, and kept the other one for her and Tom. Laughter filled Curly and Lenny Gray's shanty, a phenomenon that was rare. Lenny Gray was glad that God saw fit to show a little mercy and had given them the blessing so that they could rejoice about it. When a knock came to the door, Lenny Gray, Curly, and everyone in the shanty got quiet. You expecting somebody, Curly? asked Tom of his son as he peeped out the window. Uh, uh, no, Curly answered. Uh, uh, who out there? Tall black fella. Looked like a buzzard by the way his shoulders are slumped for it. That sound like Sonny Boy. Curly moved towards the door and opened it. 
Hey there, Curly, said Sonny Boy. Whenever Sonny Boy was in town, Curly often sat and listened to him play while they drank moonshine. What's them brought you by here? I don't mean to be no bother, Sonny Boy said and smiled as he looked at everyone who was inside of the shanty. He then focused his attention back on Curly and whispered, I was wondering if I could trade some moonshine for a poor boy turkey sandwich. I got a suitcase full that I picked up on my way up here from Detroit. I'm in the process of making my way from the train station to my folks place. But Curly, I swear for God, the scent of the turkey coming out your house directed my feet to your doorstep. Where I'm going won't be no turkey. Curly slapped Sonny Boy on his back and welcomed him and his moonshine. Uh, Lenny? Curly got her attention. Yes? Uh, uh, Fix Sonny Boy a plate. He's going to have dinner with us. Curly laughed and once again slapped Sonny Boy on his shoulder. You like boy that played harmonica in town, ain't you? Asked Tom. Yes, sir. That'd be me, Sonny Boy Williamson. Well, hell, boy. Play something for us. Tom insisted. Sonny Boy chuckled before he reached into his pants pocket and removed his harmonica. Uh, uh, Elmo, go out there on the front porch and, and get the man's suitcase, said Curly. Sonny Boy took a seat on one of the several chairs that were given to Curly by the white fella he'd done some work for. Where you coming from, Sonny? Lenny Gray asked as she fixed him a plate. Detroit. Well, what's it like up there? She asked. Proud it. Sonny Boy said as he puffed on his harmonica a few times. I play at little clubs up there. There's plenty of drinking, gambling, and women selling themselves to men. If a person ain't careful, they can get stabbed. A lot of stuff go on up there that don't go on down here. Curly immediately took another opportunity to justify why he chose to live small. Uh, see that, Lenny? That's why I say we is fine where we is at. Too many people in them big cities. Well, those are just the uh, bad things that happen up there. There's some good things that happen, too. Uh, most folks, when they come to the big city like uh, Detroit, they don't know much outside of farming. It's easy for city folk to take advantage of them. I got a friend that I stay with whenever I'm up there. He got a good factory job, making cars. In fact, he got a nice house, indoor plumbing, and driving a nice car. Yes, sir, he living high on the hog up in Detroit. What white people up there like? Crazy, just like they is down here, right? Curly asked. Well, let me put it to you like this. There are just as many white bums up there as there is black ones. Up there, you can talk to white folks same as you do black folks. You ain't got to say yaza, no, sir. You can call them by the first name, and they call you by your first name. Is that right? Lenny Gray listened to every word Sonny Boy said. Yes, ma'am, it is. I don't believe that, Tom said, unwilling to relinquish his long-held belief and conditioning. As far as I can tell, it don't matter where black man goes. White folks ain't never gonna change. I say that it is best to stay someplace where all the white folks know who you are. It's best to show them that you know your place. There ain't no sense in trying to make something of yourself. 
Ain't that right, Ida? Tell them what you heard the white folks you work for say about that all-black uh, Mississippi town. What was the name of it? Mound Bayou, Mississippi is the name of the place. Some of my daddy's cousins settled there back in 1887. Go ahead. Tell it. My memory ain't as good as it used to be, said Tom. Well, from what I didn't heard, the place was started by Isaiah Montgomery, a former slave. They didn't have no trouble with the white folks there. They had something white folks called their uh, understanding. The black folks could have their own town and everything as long as they didn't cause no trouble. Well, from what I didn't heard the white folks I work for say, earlier this year, Montgomery's daughter and some other black folks wanted to change things. They started stirring up trouble by trying to vote and stuff like that. Well, one thing happened, and then another, and his daughter got killed along with some other folks. Then, some kind of way, somebody sent the military into town to put black folks back in their place, and things been bad ever since. Tom repositioned himself and then took a gulp of moonshine that Curly had offered him. See? That Montgomery man knew what he needed to do. He didn't cause no trouble and everything was fine. He said he'd make sure that nobody in his town voted or did anything like that. Then here come these new cullets, thinking they got the right to the same things as white folks do. Hell, shit. I can't blame them because I used to think like that myself. But I learned. Same thing gonna happen in them big cities. You just wait and see. I grew up with white folks and know how they think about such things. Sooner or later, somebody's gonna get in their head that they should have the same thing white folks got, and there's gonna be trouble. It's gonna get cracked open, and bodies are gonna be floating in rivers and burning on the street. White folks are gonna snatch back everything they gave them cullets up north. I ain't just talking out the side of my neck on this subject matter either. Why, when we left Alabama, we had planned to come here and start a black town just like the Montgomery man. We figured Mississippi was a good place to live and stay safe. Huh. We got here. If white folks around here wouldn't let us start the black town like we wanted to. We tried, though, Ida. We tried, didn't we? Yeah, we tried, Ida said. Everything you just done said ain't nothing but the truth, Sonny Boy agreed. Police in Detroit don't mind killing colors if they end up on the wrong side of town. Uh, see that, Lenny? This is another reason why staying put is the best thing we can do. I'm taking good care of my family the best way I can, said Curly. After a short moment, the gleam of hope that was in Lenny Gray's mind vanished. She looked at the tin plate with Sonny Boy's food on it and let her mind go blank. Lenny Gray, her daughter Mary, and her grandchildren had just entered Mr. Bettis' store. 
They had a little extra money from the offering that had been taken up during Sunday's holiday service. Mary was helping Lenny Gray by taking her to buy fabric so that she could sew clothes for the triplets and Roosevelt. Mr. Bettis was perched on a stool behind the counter and looked at them condemningly at first, but then to the surprise of Lenny Gray and Mary, he decided to be polite. Lenny Gray, did you know that I was in Atlanta earlier this month? No, sir. Lenny, I took my wife to visit her family for the holidays. Mr. Bettis took a sip of something that he had been drinking. Well, that was nice of you. Lenny Gray and Mary looked at the fabrics but did not touch them per store policy. Who all do you got here with you, Lenny? Well, this is my oldest, Mary. I bought her here once when she was a little girl. These are her two children, Dorothy and Revell. You mean to tell me this is the same child you had given birth to in that old Model T Ford? Yes, sir. Them children got a daddy? Asked Mr. Bettis. Yes, sir. Mary married to a preacher who's a God-fearing man. Lenny Gray pointed to some fabric she wanted to buy. Mr. Bettis picked it up and set it on the countertop. Is that right? Said Mr. Bettis. He paused for a moment and said, Lenny Gray, what do you know about the motion pictures? I never met nobody by that name, Lenny Gray answered. Mr. Bettis laughed. Gal, a motion picture isn't a person. It's something you go and see. Negroes got separate places like that where they can go and see one. I never heard of no place like that around here, Lenny Gray pointed out. She couldn't identify the feeling stirring in her soul. She only knew that it made her uncomfortable. Well, I took my wife to see a really good one called Gone with the Wind. I tell you, Lenny, it was the best motion picture ever made. It was about Southerners like you and me. They even had Negroes in the film who knew their place. I never thought I could actually like a Negro, but the women who played Mammy and Phoebe, well, hell, they were a true credit to your race. Do you know Hattie McDaniel, the woman who played Mammy? No, sir. I never met nobody named Hattie, Lenny Gray said. Really? That's right, Lenny Gray paused. I'll be paying you directly for these things. You sure you don't know her? I thought you might, said Mr. Bettis. Maybe you met her and you don't remember. You're right. Maybe I just don't remember, Lenny Gray said, placing the money on the countertop. I'll put it on Curly's account, Lenny. Sir, I'd like to pay for it right now if it's all the same to you. Lenny, I want you to take that money and go to a colored picture show to see Gone with the Wind. It's something that all colored should see. Sir, I don't know about no picture show around here. Well, find one, Lenny! Mr. Bettis barked at her. In the blink of an eye, his entire demeanor shifted. Now get the hell out of my store before I lose my patience with you! Yes, sir, Lenny Gray whispered and turned to walk out of the store without the fabric. Come and get these rags off my countertop. I told you, I'd put it on Curly's account. Lenny Gray instructed Mary to go get the fabric. Once Mary had it, they walked out of the door and headed back home. Why didn't he take the money? Mary asked once they were a safe distance away. Maybe he feels guilty about not giving Curly no food for Christmas. I don't know. Why is he so mean? I keep asking God the same question, but he ain't saw fit to give me an answer yet. He's just an old and evil man, said Lenny Gray. <laughs>